Welcome to the Daz List Podcast. As men, we are not simple, we are multifaceted. I am Jay LaVar of LaVar Legacy. And I'm Tony O from The All Around Life, discussing the things you think about, but maybe don't talk about. So come on in and join us in the study. Hey everybody, welcome to the Daz List Podcast. I am your host, Jay LaVar. And this is Tony O. And we are excited to have you guys on our second episode with our guest, which is Daryl. And Daryl is one of the first gentlemen who actually share his story with us on the Dazless website. Uh, one of the key things about this website, as well as this podcast, is for guys to be able to share experiences and things that we think about, but we don't often talk about. And we are excited to have Daryl to share a little bit more about his journey of fatherhood and being a man and how he's been able to get through all that he has gone through and really just become another beacon for other men to listen and share their experiences. And we're excited to have you, man. Absolutely. I'm, I thank you guys for having me, actually, uh, Jay LaVar and Antonio. This is, uh, I think this is actually a great platform. And again, I just you know, really want to thank you guys for even having me on here. Uh, from my understanding, I'm the second person to actually do to do the podcast. Yeah, actually, you are our very first guest, man. Very uh, first guest. Okay. Yeah, very first guest. So we are excited to give you that honor. A lot of men are looking forward, and a lot of women also, for those who listen to the podcast, to be able to kind of listen in and hear a little bit more of your story. You have a very interesting story, which I'm sure a lot of men can be able to relate to. If you can kind of just give us a little bit more of what your story is that you kind of share with us on the website for those of us who have not been able to get a chance to listen to it yet. Jay, like you were mentioning, I did submit um, a story on your website and then uh, the title of it, I believe is called Separated and United and Reunited. Basically what it was talking about was my struggle to try to keep uh, or try to connect and keep a relationship with my, with my daughter. My daughter is now 22 years old. Her mother and I was actually um, married we were married for about seven years. Uh, got divorced in about maybe 2000, 2001. And my daughter was at the young age or tender age of about three years old. Uh, if in, anybody has ever went through that process, that is a very traumatic process to go through, especially for a child, to not have both of their parents in arm's length where they can actually reach out to their parents and find the love and the care between both of them. So, right. Um, again, she was three years old, totally traumatized by that because, again, her father wasn't wasn't around. Many things that happened during that time frame, and one of the things I will not do is get on the is get on the podcast and actually paint anybody in in, in a negative light. And what I mean by that, I'm talking about you know her mother, and you know it's just it's just one of those things where her mother and I just didn't see eye to eye. Uh, but as a result, we had a beautiful you know beautiful child. Unfortunately, we just were not able to maintain a good working relationship as father and mother to give a give our child that stability that you know the that uh, you know my daughter was looking for so you know story goes on but one of the things i will say the court system is not friendly at all uh particularly to to, to fathers uh, not only did i experience that there were several other fathers that i actually came in contact with that basically had the same story uh when they were going through you know divorces or having to deal with the legal system as far as visitation and things like that so that played a, a very significant part in not being really being able to connect with my daughter and stay connected uh, with her like I like like I wanted to. So as as time went on, uh, one of the things that kind of kept me encouraged was a vision that I had for myself, knowing that in years uh, I would have that connection that I wanted. So I 
I made sure I had, you know, documents to show her that, you know, daddy was always there. You know, every time that because because what happened was, was that they moved a lot. And as a custodial parent, one of the things that the custodial parent is supposed to do is to keep the non-custodial parent aware of schools and uh, hospital records, um, uh, their whereabouts, you know, where they currently live. But unfortunately, I was not given that information. I feel like I was getting hit at all corners. Her and, you know, her mom and I wasn't seeing eye to eye. And again, I just didn't get that that information that I needed to get in order to stay in contact with my daughter. But I tried to do everything behind the scene that I could to let her know that I was still involved in her life. Uh, and that meant anytime I found out where she was at school. And again, these were these were like back channel ways that I had to go and try to find that out. We just got to a point where we couldn't see eye to eye. You, as parents, you got to keep in mind that if you have children, the focus primarily has to be on the child, not about the pain. You got to find a way to get a, get get around that, uh, evolve from that, and put the focus primarily on the child. When you talk about putting the focus on the child, how how exactly do you do that when you're going through that? Because having having gone through divorce, I understand that pain, and so I'm just I'm curious how how you were able to do that. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't able to do that because again, like I say, you know, mom and I was just we we weren't seeing seeing eye to eye. But I, what I'm saying is, is that for those that can actually work that out that should that should really be that should be a conversation between those two parties to again sit down and make the child the primary focus if you if you can do it if you have both parties that can find a way to get past that pain and articulate the do's and the don'ts you know the the the, the needs and things like that that's what should be done right so um, you weren't able to really have you weren't really able to have that no then no, so, what, that's, why so said, that's why I said I went I had to go behind you know, I had to do I had to do a back channel type of type of thing. So uh, whenever I found out what school my daughter was going to, I immediately went to that school because, again, uh, the legal system wasn't that friendly to me. So if I found out she was at a particular school, I, I would go you know, have lunch uh, with her, you know, during that time. Or if the uh, teacher would allow it, I would actually sit in the classroom, things like that. I just had to do little things like that to try to make sure that she knew that I was trying my best to be involved in her life, even when her mother and I just weren't trying to, you know, we weren't wasn't making it work. How often did you get the chance to to have those visits with her? It, it was it was it was sporadic, man. It was it was far and few between because I said they moved so much and I wasn't informed where they the new living arrangements were. I, I, I never got that information. Just so happened, like the first time when I was able to see her at, at when she was in uh, when she was in school, my sister was uh, one of the school aides. So when she saw her, she immediately informed me was like, hey, you know, Ayana is here. You know, you should come up and, and, and see her. So I was like, bet. That's, that's what I'm doing. It wasn't like a a consistent thing because, again, like I said, they moved so much, I never knew exactly where they were. So one thing I want to definitely take a moment to recognize is there's so many times and there are so many men who are doing exactly the same thing you're doing. The, the energy is there. The effort is there. The desire is there. But due to complications, whether it's the legal system, whether it is the lack of communication between both parties, variety of scenarios that are getting in the way, um, the child never gets to understand and to know the lengths that you're going through to have that relationship. And I just want to commend you, man, because there's so many fathers that are out there who are trying, who are doing the same things that you were doing. And again, even those those connections were few and far in between. I have to commend that effort uh, because it goes a long way and it speaks volumes 
to the work that a lot of men are out there doing in efforts to try to see their children and try to spend some time whenever they can. Shout you out for that, man. That's that's amazing. Absolutely. Um, and, and actually, thank you for recognizing that. But what, like I said, for, for me, it was just that vision that I had with me, knowing that I would see her again and we would have that connection. So again, what I would do was the little things that I could do for her, you know, I would literally write those things down in like a, in, in like a book, kind of like journaling uh, to a degree. And mm-hmm. any document, any any documentation that I would have, uh, specifically pertaining to child support, because I did have to pay child support. And at that time, the child support for her as a single child might not seem that much to a lot of people, but during that time frame, it was quite a bit. I was almost paying like maybe seven hundred or a little bit more just for the one child. I can confirm and, uh, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so again, that's what I was paying, and I and 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 one of the things that I did too, even though I tried to fight that, I was like, look, you know, you guys are killing me. I just buckled in and said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and pay it just to show that at the end of that, that I had documentation so that I could show her and say, hey, this is what your father did. If she didn't get that from her from her mom, I'm Mm going to have that documentation. I'm going to have it in black and white to show her, say, this is what I was doing. And and I did that. And I still have the paperwork to this day because they asked me when she when she literally turned 19, I got a call from child support telling me that, hey, you know, you've reached your, you know, time for, you know, paying child support. Your daughter's legally, you know, a certain age now. And I'm like, great. <laughs> I'm happy about that. I'm definitely happy about that. Uh, and they asked me, did, did I want them to send me, you know, the paperwork? And I, of course, I said, hell yeah. You know what I mean? So they, sent it <laughs> they sent it to me. Because again, in my mind, what I wanted to do was show her. I had no clue that at one point, um, homelessness occurred, even though I'm paying $700 a month. Wow. A lot of stuff went on that I had no clue about. So now these conversations are coming, you know, forefront. My daughter and I can now sit down and talk about a lot of that because she was, she was, she was thoroughly upset. You know, she had a parent out there that she didn't really have a significant relationship with. And she was harboring a lot of ill will towards me. One being that I wasn't there and two being she was given a different side of the story that wasn't true. When I found out about the dad's list, uh, you know, a little while ago and uh, jumped online, I started reading some of those stories. Your story was actually the first one that I I read through because it was very intriguing to me. Just the title alone, the separated and reunited and and seeing Ayana had told you off. And I'm, I'm curious how that felt. You knew the things that had gone on. Obviously, there were a lot of things out of your control. And it sounds like you you did your best to, you know, the things that were in your control, you did something about. So how, how did it feel to know that? Because knowing that she didn't have all the, maybe not, you know, she didn't have a complete story. Mm-hmm. I, I had a friend, you know, been, we've been friends for um, quite a long time. We would talk about these, you know, these, these things, you know, because he's actually been like a witness in my life to a lot of stuff. We would talk about it. And one of the things I would always tell him was, was that I'm just going to prepare myself for that conversation because I know it's coming. It was nothing that I was going to get upset about because she had that right, you know what I'm saying, to be angry at me. Because again, she didn't know the story or whatever story that she had wasn't wasn't the correct story, right? So she didn't know that. So I wasn't going to get upset with her for having the information that she had it, that she had at hand. So I couldn't get upset with her at all. And I didn't feel bad either because I had that vision in my mind that this is what I was going to do when we met again. I already knew we were going to meet again. 
under what circumstances, I, I couldn't tell you. I didn't know, but I knew we were going to meet again and I knew we, we were going to uh, reconnect and we were going to reunite. So I always had that in the back of my mind. And I knew that conversations would come up and I would just open the floor. She would, she would say, she would say things like, I want to tell you something. I said, okay. I just, and she would just say, you know, hey, I know, I just want you to know how I felt in that situation. And I, and I disliked you because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, okay, I can understand that. And I always had not an excuse, but I had a rebuttal because again, I had prepared myself. So, And, and I it, think, I think, let me say this real quick. I, I think, yeah. I think for a large part, a lot of us as guys are up against stuff like that. Not being able to have conversations with the child's mother that we get so discouraged that we get to a point where we give up. I don't think that's the route that we should actually take. You should always keep in mind that at one point, because here's the thing that I always kept in mind too, no matter what, a child is always going to want to seek out their parent, period. They're going to want they're going to want to find their parent knowing that that's something, again, that I used to prepare myself and was just like, okay, I I, I just have to get ready. Uh, I I know you you talked about celebrating her birthday. Yeah. You know, I I, I celebrated her birthday every year without fail without her being there. I celebrated without fail. I got her a cake. I got her, you know, if there was candles, I got the candles. It didn't make a difference. I celebrated her birthday without fail. And this is one of the things when she found that out, it it literally made her break down in tears because she was like, dang, I I didn't think you cared about me at all. No, Mm. I did care about you because that for me was making sure that I, that she was a part of my life, even though she was not physically there. So how did the how did that conversation come up to to be able to to reconnect and and reconcile with your daughter? It it was a, it was a, it was a hard one. Her not really feeling loved, and I think what really sparked a lot of those conversations was the fact that not only did she didn't necessarily feel loved by me because I wasn't present, it was also the fact that she was getting a lot of heat from her mother as well. She didn't really have that stability or that safe place that she can actually go to. She was actually really torn. She loved she loved her mother. But at the same time, her mother was going through whatever she was going through. And as a result of that, my daughter wasn't getting the love and the care that she would get. So she was trying to find she was trying to find that, you know, she was actually trying to find that love. So we talked about that a lot. And then that's kind of where a lot of that conversation between her and myself about me came about because she was wondering where, you know, where I stood. You know, do I still love her and things like that? Yeah. Did she have your phone number or how did she reach out to you? It was hit and miss, like I said, because because the first time we tried to connect, I actually bought her a cell phone and I gave her that cell phone, you know, to make sure that we communicated because she was old enough at that time, you know, to communicate just, you know, her and I. I don't know what happened actually with that one, but I just know the communication at that point. It got at one point it got cut off. And so I just kind of I just kind of just had to wait. The, the very last time that communication actually came through Facebook. I'm not an avid Facebook user. She was on it. And then all of a sudden I saw this text and it was her. That's where a lot of the conversation started through through that messenger text. Wow. And so now as we kind of fast forward a little bit to you guys reconnecting and being able to have some of those conversations, what was the, the living situation? Did she get a chance to, did she stay with her mom? Did she come to where you are? What, what did that arrangement look like as you guys are looking to reunite? You know, there was one point that she did have to, you know, she had to come and, and stay with me. Because there was something in her that she's still reaching for in herself. Because you got to remember, there was a lot that she that occurred uh, with her at three years old. 
So she she did come to stay with me for a little while. You know, miss mom. She wanted to go back to mom. And I kind of told her that, that being honest with her, I, I kind of told her that to me, that wasn't the best for her. You know, we've had conversations recently. And trust me, she's in a much better place because one of the things she's doing is it, all she had to do was basically get some some measure of what occurred when she was little. She needed to get both sides. She needs to be able to put the pieces of those two stories together and try to figure out what her next step is just by the last conversation that I had with her, which was recently. To me, she's actually she's actually really now figured that out because the divorce is one thing. Having a traumatic experience going through that divorce where you can't find any resting place at all. And there's always turmoil going on 100 percent of the time. and You don't have anybody to come save you as a hero from that situation. That's, that's tough, you know, especially for a young girl. You know what I mean? That's right. that's a, that's a tough ordeal to, to have to go through. And how are you feeling now? Like you got a ch- you've gone through all of this. You've made all the efforts. You guys got a chance to reconnect. You were able to give her a clearer picture of what really happened. You guys had a conversation about that, and she has a little bit more clarity now. Um, and you guys are able to converse from time to time. W- where are you at right now? How are you feeling as a as a father, as a man, knowing all that you've gone through? What's your outlook on life now that you've been able to reconnect? I'm I'm extremely you know happy about it. Now, do I wish I could have done a lot more? Yeah, of course. You know what I mean. But under the circumstances, I can only do what I was able to do. You know, because not only have you committed me for for doing that, other people that I've actually spoken to about that situation, they've actually done the same thing. Because a lot of guys said they just checked out and said, you know, forget it, I just can't do it. And I just think that's because a lot of times we just don't have that that foresight or that vision to say, you know what, it's going to happen again. Because like I said earlier, children want to, they, they, they're going to want to seek out their parent. And that's the one thing we, we got to keep in mind. A lot of guys try to go, you know, kind of be bullish about it and kick down doors and things like that, which only makes the situation worse. And I could have done that, to be totally honest. Right. But that's not what I wanted to represent to my daughter, you know, as is because that that only would add to, you know, worse to the story that her mother gave her about me. So I just stayed clear, clear of that, stay clear of her mother, you know, the best way I could and did whatever I could actually let my daughter know that, you know, I was still in I was still on the scene. I, I, I feel I feel good about it, especially knowing that she has now had a chance to really hear my side of the story. And the things that I was attempting to do and the things that I did do, and again, being able to see all this documentation, things that I've done as far as celebrating birthdays, having journals about that, saving the child support documentation and being able to show her, you know, it took a burden off of her. And by by that burden being taken off of her, it took a burden off of me. You mentioned that you had a son as well. Yeah. Uh, how is he involved in, in this story? My son, um, of course, he's the he's the oldest. He was around when most of that actually when most of that actually took place. So, getting those guys to really try to connect after such a long period of time by them not connecting was was kind of difficult. I have him on one side. I got her on the other side. I always talk to every time I talk to either one of them. I told him about your sister. Or, you know, you have a sister. You have a mm-hmm. brother. And I told him, you know, kind of kind of kept them up up to date. On what was going on, things like that. So they actually stay connected through me. They haven't recently had a, a recent conversation, you know, just life, you know, itself. But that's the next goal to make sure that they have a connection between them two and make it, make it, make it really strong. My wife and I just took guardianship of 
uh, of her niece. She's she's three. She has an older sister who's 12, and she just recently came down for um, for a visit. So this is the first time that her, um, the older sister, her dad, allowing her to come out of state. So she flew down here with uh, with grandma mm-hmm. and uh, was able to spend some time with, with her sister here. That's important to have the siblings be able to connect and have some sort of relationship you know, I know that looks different when they're when they're older, and they can, you know, they make yeah. their own their their yeah. own decisions, yeah. and right, you know, right, and that, right. Uh, but you know, as just even as a as a dad to have that desire for that connection, that relationship, because it is meaningful. Absolutely. And for you know, and for um, you know, a child at, at three years old to have gone through divorce, and like you said, you know, it, it could have been a, uh, it went it was a traumatic experience. And at that time of, of development in kids' lives, you know, three to six is when they kids start developing their identity and who who they believe that they are. Right. And that's a that's a tough thing to to go through because it it throws a lot of things um, you know out of whack. A lot of times children don't recover from that, and a lot of times that it, it takes a long time to kind of rediscover who they are mm-hmm. uh, into their adulthood. And 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 again, that was that was something else that I took into consideration as well. You know, that recovery piece. Going through, you know, what she had gone through, being able to prep myself like I did and being able to actually give, you know, direct information and not, you know, tiptoe around the subject and just be as honest as possible. Because, again, you'd be surprised how much children know, right? Um, <laughs> you know, growing up, even when they're little, you'd be you'd be surprised. They'll be able to tell you later on in life when, <laughs> when, they, get, when, they, get up, when they get a little bit older, they know. But again, just being as transparent as possible, uh, being as honest as possible and just having those hard conversations. Some some conversations were complete blow ups uh, and then some kind of conversations were, you know, very tender to the point where tears were shed. It's just one of those things. But but again, without for anybody that's out there that's actually going to listen to this, if they take away anything from me, I would say don't give up hope. Have a plan because they're coming. They right. don't need to find. They don't need to find you with a beer in your, you with with alcohol in your hands, wigged out somewhere, or with needles <laughs> in your arms. You know what I'm saying? They they don't need to see you like that because they're coming. They're on their way. Just be prepared. I don't. It doesn't matter. You know if you have a hundred thousand dollar a year job or just a menial job. It, it, that doesn't. That's not the big deal. They want to be able to connect with that person that was not present in their life. They want to be able to see you in the best way that, that they could actually see you. Is that you're upright. You're doing things in a positive manner. I'm saying you might not have the wherewithal or the means to actually, you know, give them the things that you wanted to give them when they were younger. They want to see dad or, or, or mom, at least in, a, in somewhat of a good light. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you a question um, with your son, with him getting a chance to see a little bit of this process over the years. What kind of impact has this had on him and for you as a father being able to kind of lead through, lead by example has he been, have you guys had that kind of conversation around him seeing you and the effort that you put through being an example for him? Uh, hopefully that he'll never be in that situation, but if he is, he had you as a, an example. Have you guys had any kind of conversation like that? Absolutely. He's tough, man. You know, <laughs> he's, tough. <laughs> he's tough, man. You know, he, he, he you'd be surprised at, at, at that guy. That guy's tough. He's got an internal strength and an, and, and an outward strength. That a lot of that a lot of people you know uh, recognize. We, we talk about it. If he needs to talk to me, he'll definitely call me. And say, hey, Dad, you know, I need to. I really need to sit down with you and get some, you know, gain some perspective on some things to get your advice. And I'm like, hey, man, you know, I'm I'm here. That's basically what I'm here for. And and we do that. So he hasn't really like outwardly expressed it to the degree where he'll just like break down in tears or anything like that. 
but yeah. he definitely said, you know, he, he, he thanks me for doing what I was able to do. That's awesome. And I think that that is, that is a rep- that's a representation of what we're all about here. You know, we, on the dad's list, we talk a lot about legacy. What do you want to be remembered for? It's not about being vain, but it's what kind of impact do you want to have on your children, your family, your community, people around you. It's not about a song and dance, and it's not about appearances. The things that you were doing behind closed doors, the celebration of the birthdays when no one was looking, mm. those are the, the true measures of a man and a father. Those are the things that builds your legacy, whether the children are in or out of your life. And it's so pleasing to hear that your son is able to recognize that, to see that, use that as an example, and to even thank you for the effort that you've made. Again, that's that's just very commendable. So uh, thank you for that, Daryl. That's, that's, that's great, man. Thank you guys for having the platform for me to even be being able to talk about this because I know it's not only me. There's a ton of other guys that actually went through what I've gone through or worse. And one thing we don't have is some type of support system where guys can, you know, sit down and talk about these, you know, the things that we've gone through or even collaborate to try to figure out how we can how we can help each other to get out of those situations. Yeah. And and I want to thank you for being on because, you know, your story matters. Um, and I think that's what a lot of guys sometimes, you know, feel like you mentioned some guys that were giving up, you know, they may quit in some of the, at some point in this process, they feel like they just can't fight it anymore. And sometimes they feel like they just don't matter and, and that their stories don't matter and the things that go on in their lives don't matter. And this exists, uh, to let them know that, yeah, their story does matter. The mm-hmm. things that they go through are real, and it's not a, it's not an experience that's so alone. If I know it feels lonely at times, I, I know I've felt my share of loneliness through my divorce, but coming through that and understanding the things that I I went through were not for not for nothing. That it made me a better person. That I was able to grow from it and take from right. it, and, right. and and really adapt my fatherhood in a better way than it was before. And and so hearing stories like yours is uh, definitely an inspiration to know, hey, I'm not alone in this. There's somebody else who's gone through this. And whether it's, you know, a bit of advice or something that you can take away, or even just that, hey, I'm not alone. <laughs> I just want to thank you for sharing your story because it, it does matter. Absolutely. And one, one last thing, I believe if I, if I had not had a vision or had not had a plan, knowing that my child would be in my life again, I probably would have been one of those bitter individuals that's walking around the street right now, taking it out on everybody else. One of the things I want to, I, I definitely want to say is, is don't become that. It's not necessarily you have you have a legacy. You have a child. If you can solely garner the energy to focus on a plan for your child when you will meet again because like i say it's going to happen one way or another trust me you you wouldn't have to be you don't you, you don't have to be become one of those bitter 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 dads or bitter moms or whatever the case may be taking things out on everybody that's that's one of the things i i you know i'm not mad at mom it is what it is uh the only thing that i could say is that i just wish that mom and i could have come to the table not for not necessarily for our sake, but for the child's sake. Right. Looking into the future to say, you know what, what are we gonna do as parents? Man, so good. Again, this has been a pleasure to have you on our on our show, to be able to kind of share your story. It's great to hear that it's not a story of just negativity, but it's about hope and inspiration. 
And I think the biggest thing that I got away from it was having a plan, yep. having yep. that vision and being able to believe that in the future, your child will be back in your life again. And are you prepared for that moment? What are you going to say? How are you going to feel? Are you going to be able to adapt to how they're going to feel and give them some room to have those feelings and be able to share openly about the truth and different perspectives? And I think that's the lesson that I think a lot of men need to walk away from this conversation with. And we are greatly appreciative to have you on the show tonight. For those of you listening, I hope you guys are able to gain a lot from this conversation tonight. If you are in the middle of a situation like this, Daryl is a great example that all is not lost. And I hope that his story is able to inspire you and empower you to make the right moves. Even when no one is looking, those moves are not in vain. And in the future, they will be appreciated when you reconnect. So thank you, Daryl, for joining us tonight. Um, Any last words you have for us, Tony? Just as always, follow us on our website, thedadslist.com and theallaroundlife.com. Hit us up on social media like share all that you know all that all that good stuff we do want other dads to hear this we you know we are are very interested in building community around dads and our experiences and our stories and supporting one another because as daryl said uh, we don't always have a lot of that so uh feel free to share this podcast with someone you think who might get something out of it so with that guys we thank you for joining us on today's episode of the dads podcast we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us in the study.